Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the Homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. We're taking suggestions from our panel here and our audience at the Royal Institution and the natural world to try and work out exactly what the next stage of human evolution should be. I'm your host, Simon Watts, and today I am joined by three sentient organic chemistry experiments. On my immediate left, we have got Tamandra Harkness. Tamandra is a comedian and generally informative bod. Uh, you're presenting Future Proofing on Radio 4. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, it's, uh, the other producer said to us, it's a bit like in our time, but about the future and not the past. So it's about ideas that shape future. Some in of their which... time, surely. <laughs> in, in, in your grandchildren's time. Okay. I, I do, in your children's time. Yeah, it's probably your children's time. So it's, it's, some of them are science things. Some of them, so we did a programme about CRISPR, um, about the future of life, about genetically engineering ourselves, during which um, I faced the alarming prospect of Craig Venter apparently has sequenced his entire genome and beamed it out into space. Uh, so if there is some sentient life form out there that's worked out how to decode it and build it from scratch, as he's trying to do, we could have armies of cloned Craig Venters coming back <laughs> from space any time now. We did one on the blockchain. And then some of them are much more kind of cerebral, like memory and ageing. But it's, it's basically, it's about... It's an idea now. This podcast. What will um, the future so stop be like? talking. <laughs> that's, ter- <laughs> that's terrifying. Every, uh... So that's Amanda Harkness. Excellent. You'll be able to contribute plenty to this. We're also joined by Dr. James Logan. James is a senior lecturer in medical entomology and scientific director of Arctech at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. What do you actually do? <laughs> Good question. Yes. Well, my, my job is basically to find better ways to control diseases like malaria, Zika. Uh, dengue fever, all the sort of tropical nasty things that are spread by bugs that bite us. Cool. So when you say bite me, they do. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And finally, so there's these two people who are going to be pitching ideas and telling us what they think should be incorporated into our genomes. Deciding what one will go ahead, we are joined by the writer, actress and comedian Amy Harveska. Actually, what kind of ideas would you like to hear tonight? I would like to hear ideas that will move the human race forward. So not any sort of silly ideas like, 
I don't know, like a bottle opener in your hands for when... I mean, it's useful, isn't it? You say that. We've had that in a previous podcast. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah you alcohol. know, stuff that'll move us all forward and stop us from killing each other and destroying the world. You know, that sort of stuff. That'd be helpful. Guys? 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 Yeah, okay, good. Well, I'm glad that it's a hippie-esque approach rather than I want to take over the entire planet. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Honestly. Well, do you know, that's the, so that's our panel, and we're also, of course, joined by the audience here at the Royal Institution. Please welcome everyone. <laughs> so before we jump into the realms of impossibility and what the future might hold, we want to see what's happening right now. Each of our panel members has brought along a news story. So why don't we start with you, James? What news story has grabbed your eye this week? Um... Well, you, you know when you go to dinner parties or you go out for dinner with your friends, and there's always... No, I've got a child now. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, me, me too, actually. I know what you mean. Um, but, but, you know, you're always in that situation. And there's always somebody, there's a really annoying friend that you have that just always has some sort of allergy. You know, they have to ask what's in every dish before they actually finally decide what they Is there anybody in the room like this at the moment? A few no, heads nodding. Yes, up. okay, yeah, you're the annoying people, yeah. I am too, actually. They're so called I have a, hipsters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, there's something in this. Yes, it's your moustache hair. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, well, so, so sci scientists... Let's bring this back to the science. So, so, sci scientists have been working very hard to try and um, get over this because it's a real thing. So 6% of children in the UK have some sort of food allergy, a real food allergy. 20,000 kids are diagnosed with a peanut allergy every year. It's the biggest cause of anaphylaxis, which can be deadly, it can be fatal um, in children in the UK outside of a hospital setting. So it's a, it's a really big deal, actually, despite the fact that we've got these annoying friends. Food allergies are, are, are really important. And scientists at uh, King's College University have been working on this, and they figured out that... So, you know, this, the hygiene hypothesis. So, you know, if you, if you have a kid, and I have, I have a daughter that's six months, and, and we're just letting her sort of roam around. <laughs> that sounds really bad. We're just sort of, like, she's opening the door, and she's letting her outside and, <laughs> and, and eat soil and, you know, and, and lick your shoe and, and all that kind of, kind of, kind of stuff. Because, <laughs> because she's going to pick up bacteria and build up an immune system, yeah. essentially. And I, I'm all for that. So if you have pets and all that sort of thing. So they decided to test whether the same thing might happen. So if you expose children to the foods that cause allergies early on in life, do you then not go on to develop that as an allergy? So the government currently recommends that you exclusively breastfeed children up until the age of six months, and you don't introduce any solid foods. And what they did was they sort of turned that on the head, and they said, OK, we're going to give children of a very young age very small amounts of things like peanuts, milk, fish, sesame, th things that cause these, these, these allergies. And in doing so, what they found was that children, basically there was a, about a, a, between a 60 and 80% reduction in allergies of children who were given the food early on in life, which I think is incredible. It's really simple to get over a food allergy. You just have to eat it, but early on in life. <laughs> awesome. Amy, <laughs> what's caught your eye on the news? Ooh, they've, um, they've invented earphones that are now going to read your ear canal like a fingerprint because um, fingerprints can be copied, apparently, and some people are really stingy and don't like it when their earphones get taken by their housemate. I would never do that. And, um, yeah, so that's what's been invented, because they think biometrics aren't secure and your lock on your phone isn't secure either. So people can just, like, look over and see the code. But if you had earphones that would read 
your ear canal. It's so weird, isn't it? I, I can see why this is needed. Wasn't there some studies that discovered that koala bear and human fingerprints are remarkably similar? Which means that maybe a lot of unsolved crimes were just all done by <laughs> koalas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. So I feel that... You can trust them. <laughs> That's true. Don't you feel that, like, if there's not, they're not universal, but, you know, when you lose yours, you're like, oh, I'll just borrow my sister's because she's got three pairs. You're like, computer says no. You can't listen to that album. They're not yours. I think that's a bit stingy. And you're taking this filthy living quite literally. If you're <laughs> yeah, shoving. a bit of your earwax, my earwax, a bit of, you know, strengthen the immune system. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm no. not sure of the science there, <laughs> just to clarify. Because I wouldn't do that with some of my family. Like, we take out their earphones and it's like a candle comes out in the end oh. of it. Oh. Oh, that's great. Sorry for that image. Anyway, what's got your eye to Mandra? Um... I, I saw actually an evolutionary thing that's a new suggestion that the shape of our faces was affected by our diet. When, when we started eating meat, even before we were cooking it, apparently we, we used to eat, well, mammoth tartare or whatever the equivalent was. <laughs> so we, we learned to cut up meat, so you, you made it easier to eat by chopping it up. And who knows, possibly by marinating it. I don't know if, you, if paleontologists can find this. Uh, but that we ate raw meat, and then our faces changed shape. Obviously, our, our jaws got smaller. And that did lead me on to thinking, well, okay, so our faces changed shape because of our diet, but does that mean that you could affect future human evolution by changing our diet now? Oh so if God. you wanted to have bigger, squarer jaws, do, do we have, would we have to start We've eating already done this. tougher food? Um, yeah, and you, you've got it spot on. So like one of the reasons why we... They, they nicknamed it the dental mess. So the reason why... Uh, actually, okay, audience, has anyone here ever had problems with their wisdom teeth? Me. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay, because that's a very, very common thing. And we think nowadays it's because we don't have to chew our food as much. So it's literally our wisdom teeth when they come in, perhaps it's because we haven't developed the musculature of our... So, so if we went oh, back Oh, I disagree with this, sorry. I'm no, this is, that's not true. That's been disputed. Okay, it's been disputed. But like, I just love the that's idea. It's not true, though. It's because we would lose our teeth. So they're more... Because we had dental decay. That's what cavemen died of the most, is they died of tooth decay because it would go straight into your brain and it kills you. So that's what lots of cavemen died of. No, they didn't die of tooth decay. No, they no, 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 no. I've read a paper on this. I'm not having this, Simon. <laughs> okay, I really well, am very interested in teeth. I had so many taken out and so much This may be contested because like, when yeah, you yeah. say de decay, because the decay is actually another rare thing. Decay is slightly more common now because of sugars and things, whereas yeah. wear was more common in the past. So you used to grate and things down. Is that... No, This has got true. tense for a podcast. No, it's Hang not on. true. I thought so our ancestors used to eat fruit. Right? Yeah. And that's that's full of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, true. So what we should actually do is is kind of do a little at the age of about twelve, instead yeah. of all the stuff with braces, just have a look and weed out the worst ones. Weed out <laughs> the ones that aren't very good. And make room for the wisdom teeth to move up. Yeah. The other bit of evidence for that, I suppose, what I'm suggesting is if you ever see reconstructions, everybody looks like John Hamm. Like there's proper manly jaws, yeah. which we don't have. Like I've I've got this insipid, pathetic thing in my face instead. It's, it's not bad, but now you've said John Hamm, I think my idea that we all go back to the. I always thought the the paleo diet was clearly hipster nonsense, but if it's going to give future generations a face more like John Hamm, then let's do it. It's worth yeah, it. Let's go for it. It's, it's not worth what a vegan's going to look like in a hundred years' time. I dread to think. Sweet <laughs> 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 <No>, chins. <laughs> So that's the news. These are things that are actually <laughs> <laughs> these are things that are actually happening. What about into our kind of imaginations and our ambitions? 
So why don't we kick off with you, James? What would you like to see in the next type of human? Um, so one of the things that I'm really interested in is insects and bugs because they transmit diseases and, and we try to understand more about them so that we can control diseases. But insects are incredible because they're kind of the transformers of the natural world with these sort of bolt-on body parts that allow them to do things that we can only dream of live in extreme places, fly, whatever. But I think the most incredible thing that an insect can do is smell. And they, they live their lives by smell. So I think that we should all grow antennae so that we can smell our way through life. Um, and imagine if you could do that. So, you know, if, 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 for example, a mosquito was to fly into this room, each and every one of us is giving off about 500 different chemicals. The carpet is giving off chemicals, the seats, everything that you see. So this is basically like an aerial soup of chemicals. But a mosquito would be able to find you sitting here. Why me? Because you're probably <laughs> attractive to mosquitoes. I bet you say that to all the girls. <laughs> And it's nothing to do with the way you look. It's all to do with the way you smell. So they're, they're, they're detecting... <laughs> and it's nothing bad. It's just that you smell normal to a mosquito. But they've evolved this amazing sense of smell to be able to detect different combinations of chemicals, different concentrations of chemicals, and they can see their world through smell. So imagine if we could do that. Imagine, you know, when, when you have a disease, you smell differently. So imagine if you were a doctor and you had antennae, you wouldn't need all these fancy gadgets. You'd just sniff someone. Forget about, you know, Tinder and, and these sort of dating apps. Just sniff someone out. But what if you're clumsy? I mean, some people bang their head on a door frame as they walk into a door. What if you had an antenna? You'd be decapitating your antenna all the time. Yeah, but you can just hold them down. Like, yeah, but I... Yeah, imagine mm, rush, antenna rush hour straps, like just. But people... I can just see people drunk on hen weekends with, like, broken antennas, stumbling <laughs> through the streets. And then they wouldn't be able to, to, to smell their they way. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, we don't need to do that because they're already training rats to do that. There's this mm. wonderful outfit called Hero Rats. And they started off training rats. Uh, they're, they're African pouched rats, so they're a bit bigger than normal ones. And they train them to sniff out landmines. Because they can smell the explosive. And, of course, they're not heavy enough to set them off. So they're clearing landmines with these trained rats. And they've now started training them to sniff samples for tuberculosis. And they can detect which medical samples have tuberculosis in. Well, so we don't need to do that. So we can train really cute mammals to do it for yeah, us. Yeah, but ne never mind the cute mammals. Bees can do exactly the same thing, as can wasps. Yeah, but how easy is it to train a bee? What, with landmines? Uh, very, very easy, actually. Yeah, this will shock yeah. you. So basically, you use a Pavlovian conditioning response. You expose them to an odour. You, at the same time, give them a sugar reward, and they stick the tongue out to get the sugar. And if you do that enough times, when you take the sugar away, they've learned to associate the sugar with a smell. And so when you expose them to the smell, they stick the tongue out. And there's actually a machine that you put bees inside, and these 10 bees sit in a row in this little cartridge with the head stuck out like this. And they do, and... and, and this is real, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a, like a little, like a dust buster, like a vacuum, handheld vacuum cleaner. And you, you vacuum somebody's uh, suitcase or a person or, um, or, or even fruit, like deteriorating fruit, and you condition them to the, 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 the smells. And if they smell it, they stick their tongue out, which breaks a laser beam and tells you that they've detected the smell. 
And so they're looking at putting bees in airports to detect drugs and explosives. How did that get funding? <laughs> that is the <laughs> silliest thing I've ever it's, heard. But that's how amazing See, insects I, are. See, I could never do science. It's just too fiddly. It's because <laughs> they're, they're better than dogs. Like, I know some yeah. friends of mine were suggesting... Oh, but they're not as cuddly. Picogram levels. An insect only needs one molecule of an odour to initiate a behavioural response. Okay, so here's a, here's a question. Though. Again, if sounds one like molecule, a hipster. Sounds totally like it. <laughs> no, but if, if, does that mean, like, like, okay, let's imagine we all have these super antenna and then we come near some teenager using links. Do we all die of overexposure? <laughs> if you only need one molecule. It's amazing, actually, links. I've spoken to perfumers um, and, and links is actually designed specifically to be attractive to teenage girls of the age of between 16 and 17. I'm so designed. Yeah. I disagree with that. <laughs> I'm, come it's on, guys. I'm not. It hasn't changed. I'm not being argumentative, but I can remember being repulsed by links when I was 16 and 17. Like, Whoa. But like, links Africa, you can still. I don't. I don't use it anymore. But I did use it when I was at school. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked for James. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I met my wife, actually. <laughs> I think they were probably just happy that you didn't sort of smell of BO. They were like, anything, anything <laughs> yeah. on a teenage boy. All the links. Like, that's the thing that always amazes me. If anyone's, if anyone's ever smelt a giant mammal like a lynx, they're not nice creatures. They're like an arson and armpit. They're when really did you weird smell things. your first lynx? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a weird career, man. <laughs> I've, I've smelled quite a few, like, large mammals. Never a lynx, but like... <laughs> I've, I've smelled, smelled quite a few large mammals. Enough about my student <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> she was called Brenda. No, <laughs> no, it was, it was like uh, lions and giraffes and elephants and things, and they were, none of them are particularly meerkats. Disgusting, somewhere. Yeah, you think they're all cute and that they can sell you car insurance or something, but no, they're disgusting smelling. Okay, Amy, does that pass? Make it onto the short list. Antennas for smelling. Oh, no, I'm going to say no. Sorry, I see James. too many impracticalities of this one. because <laughs> you're still wearing the And wings. you can train bees to do And it. you've just told oh, us you can train bees, bees to do it, so beans. Bees. Yeah, so Those bees coming over here taking our jobs. Awesome. <laughs> got, got it. Got so, Tamandra, you're up. What do you reckon? Well, you see, I, I've admired an enhancement that would help me overcome uh, a, a small disability. I say small disability, it's socially really, really awkward. I, I have a mental block about remembering people's names. I'm one of those people who, it doesn't matter how long I've known you, how many times I have heard your name, uh, I am quite capable of forgetting your name in mid-conversation. Usually, the most awkward moment when I'm trying to introduce you to somebody else. Uh, or, or even more awkward occasions, occasionally. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, actually, under those circumstances, and just to make it even more ironic, um, I had previously commented, well, at least now I've slept with you, I'll be able to remember your name. But apparently not. Uh, so, as you can see, this is, this is really, really socially awkward, and uh, I don't know why it happens. And, uh, and to be honest, because I've just... Um, quick plug, I have written a book called Big Data, Does Size Matter? Uh, spoiler, no, it's what you do with it that counts. And, and so I've been finding out about all these technological fixes, and it's one I'm genuinely torn about, is if you can get the, you know, the fancy glasses that are connected to the whole internet... And if you could get ones that would recognise the face of somebody I'd met just once before, and the earpiece would whisper in my ear, Dave, he's called Dave. 
only if, of him three years only ago. if he is called a celebrity. <laughs> three years. Oh, well, but just the name, really. You see, I, I usually remember the narrative. I remember the details. <laughs> it's just the name. Have you ever deployed the darling tactic? Darling! Yeah. So great to see you. Near yeah. enough. I, I am actually resorting to I'm just going to call everybody Dave. I think no, I yeah. hope they think it's an affectation. They did have your invention in ancient Rome. I think it was called a not not ten, oh, not ten, Basically, it was a slave who remembered everyone and would whisper in your ear who that was. That is Steve. Uh, that would be brilliant. Steve is of the equestrian order, and you need to. So yeah, that was well, the thing. but but That's this amazing. is this is but yeah. this is the kind of thing that that tech promises us is that basically. You know, data will will be that, and will follow you around, and you'll get a thing in your glasses that will that will recognise the face and then whisper the name in your ear. But you know, I'm kind of torn with that because of the privacy things, because it's a horrible invasion of his privacy. But on the other hand, it is really socially awkward to not remember people's names, <laughs> etc. So I'm at the moment, I'm kind of going, mm, that might be the one thing for which I would sacrifice my privacy and the privacy of everyone I've ever met. But if you could instead genetically modify my brain so that I would actually just... Because it's obvious, so the names are in there. It's just it, the filing system doesn't work. They won't come out. So do you want to right modify time. your brain or do you want the Google Glass? No, no, thing? I want to modify my brain so that, so that it's just... If I know somebody's name once, I'll be able to retrieve it when I see them. That's, that's all I want. And the, must, the names are in there. There must be some retrieval mechanism. There are tech, like there are working. books. It's one of those things people do sell techniques for, you know, as in. But do they uh, work? It's, oh, it's like the kind of. Or are they just preying on desperate people like me? It, it's it's the kind of the LinkedIn kind of. You meant to community. think of something when you meet someone, aren't you? Because I suffer with this problem. So you meant to say, oh, Simon, he's worried about his chin or something. Like, like, like from your earlier comments. Yeah, no, but I'm wondering now. There's three of us here. Come on, Amy. <laughs> this is James. You're, you're the host. You can take it. Because names are important to us, right? If, if, if people can't remember your name, it feels really personal. Even if they can remember all the narrative details of your interaction over years and years and years, the people so, Amy, upset. I gonna have to veto this one too because I think we just all need to be a bit less narcissistic and pay more attention to other people. <laughs> so sorry, Dave. I do it as well. And it's because I meet someone, I think, oh, this is what I do. This is terrible. Uh, I'll meet someone else and uh, I'll start talking to them and, I, and they have to be interesting before I can be asked to remember them. And then 25, isn't that awful? I know, but we all do it. Come on, let's be honest. And 25 minutes in, you're like, oh, I actually really. They're quite enjoyable company. What's their name? How do I? <laughs> but yeah, I think we probably no. We could probably just train ourselves to do it better. Do you think? I, I would love to think so, but not so far. Is all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe Ray just needs to be better in bed. I don't know. Was it Ray? I thought <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking of You can remember his name. <laughs> See, <laughs> where were you in that? Backstage corridor, <laughs> all those years ago. Backstage when, corridor. When I, I said something to him, and then there was a pause where somebody's name would naturally go, and his little eyes looked at me and went, "No, you've really forgotten again, haven't you?" If you if if you had antennae, which you've already vetoed, I, <laughs> right? But you could sniff their you name. Could sniff their, you, you would know who they were from their smell. Well, no, I know who they are. I probably could tell you still how he smelled. But you it's smell just, of carrot. It's the name. It's the name. How did, how he, did smell? he smell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty not good, good enough, though. Sorry, though, it's not going on. So it's a good job we have our amazing audience here at the RI, at the Royal Institute, because both these ideas are out. 
Our people here have come up <laughs> Sorry, with some guys. suggestions. Uh, what grabbed you, Amy? What did you see? Well, I, I like this one. Who's um, it from? This is from... You can't remember their name. No, just they can't, they can't it, write. I think oh. it's Hel Helena. Helena, make people feel the pain of others. I think this is a good idea, like an empathy receptor, isn't it? So that there is... A, yeah, I know what you're going to say, because an empathy receptor, so basically that it would operate like smell. So if any other humans were in great distress near us, we would also feel a sort of physical pain, because then that would get rid of war and murder and famine and... This woman's laughing at famine down the front. That's great. We'll come to you later. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that might be very good. However, the downside to that is what if people have jobs in the ambulance service or their doctors or their policemen and would they be in pain? So what we need to then do is get like high-functioning sociopaths to Sherlock it and just make them be all the doctors. Or we need to develop a sort of empathy receptor blocker like the pill. That, uh, <laughs> that policemen take. Anyway, I think, yeah. You see, that's, that's not what I was going to say. What, what I was going to say was, but there are people out there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Who like to feel pain. And so you will turn them into sadists. It's also much, much rarer. Like, so they, they did do studies in this, like in terms of SM. So people are more prone to sadism than they are to masochism. That's how you know Ray, isn't it? Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? What? Sorry, what, is, what, what are these studies? <laughs> you can find them. It's the only journal you'll find on the top shelf of every library. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of research into this, actually, because, as you say, empathy really, really matters, because it was a little bit of a puzzle for evolutionary biology for a long time, but also psychopathy is much more common than we used to believe, so it does make us think it must have a purpose. There must be an evolutionary advantage to it. Yeah, they are useful psychopaths to do certain jobs. Um, I think I know, at well, so, yeah, I think I know some people who don't have the normal cali calibration of feelings. Yeah, are they stand-up comedians? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them, because, uh, but people can be nice and be psychopaths. They can be aware that they don't have feelings. They don't then go out and kill cats in Croydon. I don't know what I'm saying, but, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a use to it, I think. 
Killing cats in Croydon. No, <laughs> not killing cats in Croydon, but oh, not having not? some people that aren't don't have loads of empathy and uh, are a bit sociopathic, but they're not necessarily bad people. Well, hang on. You started off saying that this suggestion from Henri or whoever who's left <laughs> that just didn't care about us. He had no empathy. Was a good idea, and now you're basically saying is we need more people with no empathy. No, but so the which specifics, is it? Do we need more or less empathy? It's the pe it's or do the we need to control it so we all have a little a little button and we could turn the empathy up when we go and visit our relatives and That's then down yes when again, this, where uh, the again this exists the because very <laughs> no 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 because uh, because very early on um, ecstasy used to be prescribed for counselling so the same drugs that are used in, in ecstasy was I believe originally used for a long time in couples counselling but then they found it didn't work because they got people loved up and made them feel heightened empathy. But then they didn't resolve any issues. So as soon as they came off the thing, the relationship was still as bad. <laughs> so, you know, wow. yeah, getting drugged up and loved up at the same time. This was a, was a actual just, thing. That's a visual image, isn't it? People in a couple's counseling <laughs> session just being loved up and being, oh, how do you feel? Really tasty. Oh, <laughs> but is it? But yeah, but it's a bit. Also, it's a bit undirected because you can you can imagine it's like you know if, if we were the couple and James was the counselor, instead of resolving the issues, we'd be going. Oh, Jeff. Your jacket is... <laughs> that tweet, that's really soft. Yeah, I think this is a really bad oh, that's idea. <laughs> for, um, for those people at home who couldn't see that, that was a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> and us never at the RI again. So an um, empathy receptor that we can control would be useful. Okay, so that's in the list. Did you anything catch your eye, Amanda? What, what did our audience bring um, us? Well, I did, actually, and I'm hoping this person is here. They put in two suggestions. There's one I particularly liked. Well, what are they called? This, they're called Neil Venter. Can we go to Neil Venter? Are you, are you a clone from Craig Venter? <laughs> uh, are you from outer space? <laughs> no, well, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Probably not, but yeah. But, not <laughs> personally, no. but you are um, related to you are related to Craig Venter. Well, there's only so many Venters, so we are related. There's actually a Venter project where they took all the DNA from the Venters diaspora and traced it back to Germany. So yes, we're all related. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So basically, your your uncle or whatever he is, whatever we decide to come up with tonight, he can basically do it. Right? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> he has designed genomes for living organisms and, and got them to reproduce and everything. So, so Amy, choose carefully, because you, this could be the only podcast this series where whatever you decide, his uncle will actually make so. Okay. In so bear that in mind, way. tell us what your idea make was. Make it so. You like the, the, the... I like the one with the square around it. Okay. Uh, well, the, the, the idea is really stupid. Obviously. Uh, we'll decide that. We'll decide. Uh, so, so chimeras are when two different sets of genes are combined in one creature. And scientists use it all the time to test things. They'll take a little bit of jellyfish and put it in another creature, and that'll light up for certain conditions. So it's quite a normal scientific process to put genes from different creatures in each other to test stuff out. So my idea is very simple. Put bioluminescence genes in people like you get in squids with uh, chromatophores. Yes. And the chromatophores is in squids controlled by their mind. So you can make glowing chromatophores that's like screens controlled with your thoughts. So you could communicate visually as opposed to just orally or 
Um, because essentially you've got all the mechanisms is there. It's just combining the different things from different creatures into one. Oh my God, I love it. See, I think this is... <laughs> That's amazing. You, Raves you, would be so good. That you, is. You've taken this one further, because years ago I very briefly dated a geneticist. And what was his name? What was his name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ray. It wasn't Ray. Uh, Go on, what but, was uh, no, I'm not telling you. Uh, but he was telling me about the glow-in-the-dark animals, and I went, brilliant, well, can we make all human children glow in the dark for road safety <laughs> reasons and he said do you really want all people to be luminous forever and I went no we'd put a switch in so that at puberty the hormones will switch it off so basically children will glow in the dark and then at puberty they will stop but you've gone one further you've got like basically your skin could transmit your thoughts though you is have, that a good idea though you could have pictures and explain to somebody like a picture this cartoon I saw then the cartoon would be playing on your hand or whatever or you could look at the time or but would you be able to consciously control it or no. would it well, just well, give away everything you were thinking yeah. squids, squids well, are like really devious they can actually control uh, how they communicate to left and right differently so you could be chatting up a girl to your left and giving warning signals to the dude on your right <laughs> you know so. this is particularly common in, in, um, in the cuttlefish so as you're pointing out there the thing which makes them special is that that's electrically controlled. They use nerves and urines for it. Well, if you compare that to something like a chameleon, that's all hormonally controlled. So they're much, much slower. So you're right. If you're going to do this, the way to do it is like a cuttlefish, like a squid, because that's fast and is controlled by the brain. So what do you reckon? And also it could have a safety mechanism as well if you got lost uh, at home at night or something. <laughs> like you just beacon. glow red and be like, oh, someone's glowing red over there. They need a hand, you know. <laughs> Can I actually make a suggestion for this? Because one of the things I would really love on uh, London pavements is if people would indicate. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 the thing is, we already do it, but we just do it in a really stupid way. We do go red for embarrassment or when you're English and you're in Costa del Sol. You know, I, like, I, I'm just talking about a greater range of uh, communication. What new yeah. colours would we go for embarrassment? That's quite a nice one. Or you, or you could go, you could go green for jealousy. So Ooh. if you were out with your partner and they were chatting somebody else up, you could just slowly go green, and they'd look across and go, oh. Uh, <laughs> or, 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 you could, or you could be fashionable, and you could have leopard prints, you know. <laughs> okay, to throw a spanner into the works, I'm going to have to see what you think of this, Amy, because because this is wonderful, as you say, as a way of enhancing communication. But one of the things about humans is subterfuge. We've not just evolved to be able to communicate; we've evolved to be able to lie. So are we going to wire this up to make it something involuntary, like blushing, like greed, like emotion, or are we going to wire it up to be more conscious? I would say conscious. That's where the fun is at. <laughs> Yeah. So you can flash all the LED-style life. Do you know what? Again, I think this would be awesome for babies as a way of like, telling things. A friend of mine, he said this about his child. He's just had one recently. He said, the problem is that it's just a buzzer for everything. Babies don't have enough LEDs. Like, they need a, a, a kind of fuel gauge. They need a hot or cold thing. So, yeah, more communication, maybe, via these was visual this, means. Was this friend an engineer, by any chance? Yeah, he makes, he makes CCDs for space telescopes. He's an awesome man. But <laughs> that, is, that is definitely on the list. That's, that's brilliant. All you need is a glitter cannon to go with that idea. And, <laughs> and, and his uncle, or whatever, can, can do it. A round of applause for Neil. Okay, we've got time for one more. Uh, anything catch your eyes? Who else in the audience came up with something particularly good? Define good. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
somebody, they're, they're anonymous, but I'm hoping that they'll reveal themselves so that they can tell us why. But somebody said, um, more like cockroaches because they're really badass. <laughs> who, who was that? I'm guessing it was somebody over okay. here. <laughs> Would you like to explain yourself, sir? Um, yeah, so I just thought, uh, like, because they survive pretty much everything. And, like, we seem to be pretty hell-bent on trying to annihilate ourselves. So we should probably try and do something about that. So if we can survive, so we can, like, survive cancer, like, space radiation, chopping our, chopping our own heads off, maybe that's the thing. Um, that would be pretty cool, I guess. I'm all for this, but I think you've picked the wrong species. Like, why, uh, why stop at cockroaches? There's plenty of things harder than a cockroach. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what about a tardigrade? A do you know tardigrades, everyone? Yeah. Also known as wa water bears or moss piglets. Please tell us more, Tamandra. Well, they can survive pretty much anything. They've sent them out into space with no oxygen or anything, and they just... They, they, they basically they seem to be able to dehydrate themselves and just hang out until things improve. So, so you send them to space where there's no oxygen or anything and the pressures are completely wrong. So what, so and they just hang out for about three years. Uh, or you can freeze them. You can subject them to radiation that would kill any mammal. You can boil them, I think. You can put them in okay. acid. You can, you can subject them to enormous pressures. And, and they will just kind of hang out and then bounce back. And they're weird-looking little things. They've got a kind of socket on the front end and about eight legs, eight or ten legs. Yeah, they look a bit poly, like, a, um, they're called like they're poly made out of a sleeping bag. So they can serve, they're called a polyextremophile. So like actually one Hang of on, is this back to your research with the, the S&M and the... Uh... No. Well, actually, do you know, again, they could probably take it. You know water bears. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they could they probably give it as well, actually. I haven't said <laughs> that. But there's, there's ones actually currently, I think one of the experiments going on the International Space Station is they open the door, leave them outside for a while. And bring them in, they're fine. Sorry, they're what fine. Do, are they? What are they in, you said they're cute. Are they are cute. Are they cute? Are they're, they're very, very they're small, cute, aren't they? You need a microscope to see they're, they're cute. Oh, right, they to are see cute. the naked eye. But they're an animal, so they're like a. They're a mammal. They look animal. a bit like <laughs> a. <laughs> no, if you put if you put a millipede inside a sleeping oh, bag right, with okay. limbs, with just its with a hood, so it just had its kind of face looking a bit like Kenny. It's a bit like Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> on a microscopic <laughs> scale, except every time you go, they kill Kenny. Like, aha, no, because no, he's didn't. a tardigrade and he's just coming right on back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, like, there you go. For instance, so, so like, don't limit your ambitions to cockroach, man. We can do better. Four, that's suggestions we have from our audience, which were way better than our panel this time. Amy's gone for several of them. Let's take some inspiration from nature. We call this bit Splice of Life. What would you, the panel, and Amy, steal from a rat? Ooh. Now, Tamandra, I know you've got a, a soft spot for rats. I so maybe you could tell us. My, my co-star in my last show was Socrates the rat. Um, and I have, he's turned up his little paws now, sadly. Was he quite stoic? That was your his... cue to oh. be sympathetic. You're all just sitting there with no empathy at all. He was, <laughs> he was adorable, though he did upstage me horribly. Uh, hmm. I mean, he's actually he's not that good an advert because, like all actors, he was really cute but quite stupid. He would gnaw through his own hammock on a regular basis. He'd a hammock. Yeah, he liked to spend time in his hammock. Rats like hammocks. Not that um, much time. But regularly, <laughs> but regularly, there'd be this kind of bump, and I would go, and he'd be sitting on the floor of his cage going, I don't understand that. One minute I was lying in my hammock, gnawing through it, and the next minute I'm on the floor of my cage. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, 
So he was very cute, but I don't know if you'd steal cuteness from a rat. But they do have this amazing ability to smell things and find things. So I think, I think probably that. And an amazing ability to survive, because I had a rat when I was young, and I called her Roseanne. And, um, and she used to escape from her cage all the time. And she used to, I used to have these dreadful curtains as, as a teenager. You know, I had an undercut and like hair like this. And she used to climb on, on my face in bed at night and pull on my curtains <laughs> to wake me up. Because she was, she was, and she was, she was wonderful. So she used to escape all the time. And, and one time we were um, away uh, out of the house and we were looking after my grandmother's dog, who was <laughs> a terribly long story and terrible story. But anyway, we came back and the dog yeah, had don't attacked. Don't let that stop you. The dog, had, yeah, exactly. the dog had attacked, attacked the rat and the rat had one eye that was hanging oh. out of its socket like this. And she was just sat there like this. And I was like, oh my God, Roseanne, the one-eyed rat. And I, we took her to the vet and literally the vet went, oh, that's a shame, got a pair of scissors and cut her eye off. <laughs> and she was there for thereafter known as One-Eyed Rosie <laughs> and survived for eight years. Eight after years? After being attacked by a dog and losing her eye. So I think rats are incredible because they can survive a long time. That's a, and traumatic that's a experiences. long time There are better well. things to steal. Like, what about continuously growing teeth? If we're going to talk about the decay idea, these are rodents, and rodents, that's one of their features. But then we oh, would that's how they can gnaw through steel and stuff. Yeah, but then we would going. have to gnaw things all the time. Yeah, but that's why he was true, sitting yeah. there gnawing through his hammock like a little idiot. Because he, he had to, because his teeth were growing. Oh, fair oh. point. So he wasn't an idiot after all. He just had great dental hygiene. No, he was an idiot, he wasn't, wasn't he? Idiot. An idiot. Yeah, okay. yeah. See, typical actor. Very cute, great teeth, really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so we're stealing... Enormous testicles. <laughs> no, seriously. So everybody said, get a male rat. They have hilariously large testicles. And it would be, gentlemen in the audience, if you imagine that you're sitting there with two full-size rugby balls between your legs, that is to scale. All the men in the audience have gone into a slightly dreamy state. <laughs> All the women are going... Mm. So do with uh, so promiscuity. So the more promiscuous in general species, the larger the testicles. So like the largest testicle on the planet belongs to the southern right whale, I think it is, and each one weighs half a tonne. So it's... Yeah. Wow. And are they very promiscuous? Massively, yeah. So it's multi-male mating stuff. It's kind of the more tickets you can produce to the reproductive lottery, the more likely you are to win. Although I Why does it always come back to testicles? I, know, I, I saw just... a brilliant story this, this week, which was some kind of monkey, and they, and they worked out that basically the smaller the testicles, the louder the noise the male monkey makes. Because obviously monkeys don't have sports cars. You get this yeah. exact same thing with, uh, exact same thing with um, dung beetles. So whenever they cut the ornaments off dung beetles, because they've got their things they used to fight, uh, then the testicles grow. And if you have smaller testicles and they've got bigger ornaments to fight. So it's basically choosing the reproductive fight. Does it happen inside the body or outside the body? So what's the human equivalent? Yeah, probably the sports car, as you say. It's like, <laughs> well, actually, probably not. Humans are, humans are really funny when it comes to these things, but we don't have time. So... Let's not talk about it. What would you steal from this fella? What's this? What is that? Is it a bat? No. It's a kind of bat. Now, this is a, a photo... And this might tell you a bit better, because this photo, Rallin, was, was originally oh, sucking wow. into a, a flyer. They're sucking into this. So that's basically a tongue about three times the length of the bat's body. The longest Ladies. tongue on the planet. I think, <laughs> I think, I think probably we, we, we know that we're not allowed to choose flight. So <laughs> you've left us nowhere to go, really, Simon. It's, um, 
It's incredible. It's the longest tongue on the planet for, as regards, sorry, compared to body size. Uh, it anchors actually all the way down into its rib cage. So it's a kind of uh, <laughs> nectar-sucking bat. So here's the deal, guys. You get the testicles the size of a rat's testicles, uh, but you have to take the bat's tongue with it. <laughs> deal? And that's silence from our... <laughs> it just all seems very cumbersome. <laughs> Maybe tripping over your testicles or tripping over your tongue. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> we have everything a Says bit more. the man who wanted us to have antennae. <laughs> yeah, but they're up here. Out the way. <laughs> and they'll oh. be finally, what would you steal from a mosquito? <sighs> Great. Well, what? I have to say, I mean, they are kind of amazing. Weirdly, although... Although I wrote this book about big data, I ended up talking to a guy about mosquitoes because he was doing big data on mosquitoes. And it wasn't me. And it wasn't you. You don't use big data. Sorry. Oh. Uh, do you? Anyway, uh, and it, was, it was incredible the way he said, well, basically, similar to what you've said, she can smell you half a mile away and she can fly through rain where every raindrop is 500 times her own mass. What? You can fly through rain? Yeah. Can we nick that? Surely we live in Britain. <laughs> That's a good enough thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, flying through rain. Yeah, well, we that's great. We yeah. don't have to yeah. fly through rain. Why not? Because we just walk through it. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> don't we? But we get hit by the rain. This, this, is, this is raindrop oh, dodging. Oh, the rain. Right, right. Well, well, presumably she must, because, you know, any raindrop, individual raindrop, is bigger than her. So she, so she does all that, and then she finds you, and then she, and then she numbs you with this, like, mm. numbing thing, so you don't feel her slicing into you, and then she... She sucks your blood, and presumably there's some anticoagulant thing going on, and, and then she goes off. So they are impressive little beasts. They are. They're, they're thieves, actually. So they, they steal your blood without you even knowing it. So I'm not sure that's a good thing to steal, though. The ability to suck the, blood without knowing it. Well, just the ability. <laughs> yeah. I want well, the their hiding skills. Yeah. You know when you hear one, you're like, nah, you turn the light on, you're like, where, where is it? And it's... You might know this, James. Why, why actually are they so noisy? Why is a mosquito so loud? So, so that noise is basically their wings, and, and the, their wings beat hundreds of times per second, and it creates a, a wing beat frequency, which is that annoying buzzing sound that you hear. But they actually use that as communication. So male and female mosquitoes will communicate with each other through this sound. And if you're two female mosquitoes, and you come into contact with each other, and you can hear each other through the antennae, which also hear... <laughs> um, <laughs> you will, uh, two females will avoid each other because they're no good to each other. But a male and a female will start to harmonise. And they do literally harmonise. And, and, and they start to fly at the same speed so that they beautifully come together. Uh, well, they, they, they mate, essentially. Um, <laughs> In sweet harmony. In sweet harmony. Um, but if you're, if you're a female that's already mated with a male, and female mosquitoes only mate once in their lifetime, then they will change their wing beat frequency and fly away from the male. And two males will fly away from each other as well, and they change their wing beat frequency. So they communicate with each other through the wing beat frequency. So that really annoying sound that you know Have so you well. Have just made mosquitoes sound romantic? Is yeah. that, that's what just happened. See, I'm, I'm tempted to go for that whole noise thing, because clearly no mosquito ever had to remember another mosquito's name. <laughs> this is, Actually, this is maybe we found a new anti-mosquito biting thing. Why don't we all just make the buzzing noise of a ready-mated Well, mosquito? people are or actually... Or an ex-boyfriend of the mosquito. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People are actually looking at that, and you can now buy apps for your mobile phone 
that make some sort of noise that is meant to repel mosquitoes. But believe me, they don't work because we've tried them. Um, and you stick your arm in a cage of mosquitoes holding a mobile phone producing this sound and you still get bitten a lot. So they, they don't work. So it doesn't work. We can't mimic it for some reason. But, we're, but we are investigating. We're looking at it. Okay, so we're, are we taking from that the sweet harmony of mosquitoes? <laughs> right, Amy, you've only got a couple to choose from here as our judge. So with Neil's controllable bioluminescence, so we can communicate very well. We could live long and like a cockroach, or maybe a tardigrade, something like that. Or we can have the sweet, sweet harmony of mosquitoes, or the incredible tongue of a nectar-sucking bat. It's bioluminescence, isn't it, guys? That's, I don't know about you, but yeah, I want to yeah. go bright pink when I'm happy. And <laughs> I want everyone to know about it. Uh, or green with jealousy. I think it'd be great. I think it's a... I, yeah, bioluminescence. What do you guys think? Give us a shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've gone all very polite all of a sudden. If you can do this, actually, what, what other colours would you go for for your different moods? Ooh. The rainbow of your If I was really emotion. excited, I'd like to go all the different colours of glitter. Because sometimes I get really happy or excited about something, I give myself an excitement headache. Again, we can, we can, do we you can. ever do that? If I get really happy, I'll get a headache. I'm like, oh, I've got, got a bit overexcited. So, um, we can add that in. Again, if, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, we can but add in lots and lots of squid, have it? You could have temporary tattoos, couldn't you? You could just basically think a tattoo and there it would be. We can make this happen because the squid not only do have the bioluminescence stuff in some cases, they've also got uh, iridescence and they've got chromatophores, you name it. All the colours you want. And, and, and his uncle can sort it out for us. Yes. It's going on the wish list. All right, ladies and gents, I'm afraid that is just out of time. Um, we'll take that forward to our people, um, as if they actually exist. <laughs> so before we go, um, I'd like to give everybody here, our audience here at the Royal Institution, Amy Haweska, James Logan, and Tamandra Harkness, a massive round of applause. This has been Lovely Up Newman, and I'm Simon Watts. It's been lovely talking to you. That was Level Up Human. Hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.